Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, January 27th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, as we are recording, the Grammys, I think is what they're called, <laughs> what the awards they give to the yeah. music people, that yeah. is currently going on in Los Angeles. I believe this is a 37-hour ceremony. Because Approximately. There, there 36.5. Yeah, yeah, depending on uh, commercial breaks. Yeah, um, because exactly. there are... I believe 473 trophies that are presented. There <laughs> it's is very a true. Lot. Plus performances. They, yeah, there's a lot. But as we are recording, we already know that Hades Town has won the Grammy for Best Musical Theater Album. And that means yes, that indeed. principal vocalists, Reeve Carney, Andre DeShields, Amber Gray, Eva Noblezada, and Patrick Page are all now Tony winners, as is composer Anais Mitchell, as well as the Producers Mara Isaacs, David Lay, and Todd Grammy Sikafus. winners. What's that? <laughs> Grammy winners. What did I say? Tony winners. <laughs> Whatever. They all are. I mean, they're all Tony winners. Also too. true. You're yes. not wrong there. Yes. Um, at least Anais is. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that one, the uh, um, the song written for digital media from uh, A Star Is Born one. Yep. So they uh, a couple a couple theatery type things in there. The other nominated cast albums were Ain't Too Proud, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child's like the the instrumental suite that they did. It wasn't the right, original right. one. It was a new thing. Then Moulin Rouge in Oklahoma. Um, so congratulations to Anais and. Reeve and Andre and Amber for your Tonys. and Patrick for your Tonys and your Grammys <laughs> and your Grammys. Um, and, but very and cool. Bi- to see and that. Billy Porter, of course, wins Best Outfit as always. I heard. I yeah. heard uh, as I was uh, kind of going through some. Uh, I was driving back from a show that I'm going to talk about later. I was listening a little bit to Sirius XM uh, on Broadway, and um, uh, oh, what's his name? Mm. The guy who was Princeton in Avenue Q. Oh, John, John Tartaglia. There you go. <laughs> John Tartaglia does the uh, Sunday Funday oh, show, and he yeah. was talking about uh, Billy Porter winning the uh, the red carpet. So, yeah, he's uh, I got seen the, the hat of my dreams, yeah. Okay, all right. Does anybody still wear a hat? Well, I do, damn it. <laughs> Good to know. Um, all right, Ashley, um, before we get into the show, we want to let you know that this week, today on Broadway, is being brought to you by Welcome to the Rock, the eight-part yeah. series of podcasts covering the creation of of Come From Away and the behind the scenes of this global hit musical. It is produced by our friends at Curtain Call Podcast and the website. You can binge the whole series at www.cfapod.com. Um, we have been friends and longtime fans of what John and Matt do yeah. over in the UK, both in terms of their podcast and their website. Their book that I have is amazing. Um, I saw Ooh, a show nice. with John last time I was in New York. Um, they just do such remarkable work and work that I wish I could do if I had the time uh, and the access oh, that they God. have because they have so unbelievable on, access. Yeah, right. So uh, true on both parts. Yeah. Like I'm such a fan of what they do and this Come From Away uh, series is fantastic. Fantastic. In fact, I've seen it, and as you guys often know, I very rarely see shows multiple times, but having listened yeah. to the first five or six episodes so far, I haven't caught Gotta up all the way. Yeah. I'm thinking about seeing it when I come up to town next month. See, so I go. very well might be seeing Come From Away 
again just because of the great work that they've done on this podcast. They they are doing great stuff with this show, and uh, the show itself of, of Come From Away is great. So take a listen to that uh, at www.cfapod.com. You can also head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash broadwayradio, if you want to get in on that stuff. Because as I said, I'm going to New York next, next month. Yeah. Actually, two weeks from today. I, will I be know. There. I will have already seen yeah, I, I will already have seen two shows by this time, or I will be getting ready to see the second show. <laughs> what are um, the first two? Um, I don't know yet. The, f- the, the I don't know what the first one is. I'm still working on my schedule, but um, I know that on Sunday evening, Sunday the 9th, it's not a show, it's a concert. I am going to the first night of Eden Espinosa's residency at Green Room 42. Yes, very good. And Another reason to, to subscribe to Patreon, because on Friday, I interviewed Ian Espinosa for about a half an hour, talking about this, talking yes, about indeed. Limpica. I, talking I about figured Brooklyn. that's who your little uh, yeah, my teaser for. was for. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say it until we did it, because things can fall through or whatever. But of course. Uh, I did talk to Ian Espinosa, and that will be coming out this week in the Patreon feed, in the main feed on Saturday. Don't know exactly when it will hit Patreon. Uh, but that will be there, and there might be a chance that I'll have a bonus. Tell me more coming out this episode or this week Ooh. with a Tony winner, another Ooh. Tony winner who's been away from Broadway for way too long doing a TV show. But uh, we'll see if we can get that one scheduled. So check out the Patreon, check out cfapod.com, and have all of the wonderful podcasting goodness you need in your ears. All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. Let's start off with some show and casting news. On Saturday, it was reported that the great three-time Tony nominee, star of stage and screen Kevin Chamberlain, will be joining the cast of the upcoming Netflix adaptation of the musical The Prom. It appears that he will be playing the role of publicist Sheldon Saperstein, which was originated on stage by Josh uh, Lehman. See, I saw this news and didn't know it was happening. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. It's interesting because originally, Golden Globe winner Aquafina had been announced to be playing a female gender flipped version of the character. Now, this was not announced as part of this, but my Marvel sources tell me that she is already in Australia preparing to shoot the superhero movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm, Her character for that film has not yet been revealed. Uh, I know that shooting for the prom started in LA in December, like early December. So perhaps things were delayed from when they were originally in Aquafina, couldn't do it when Disney and the Mouse House uh, flexed their muscles uh, and she had to to head to the land down under. But Tremendously uh, possible, considering, as you said, this started filming and then she's been on a press tour for uh, The Farewell with Golden Globes and everything. Yeah, that makes sense, too. I didn't even think about that. So um, there, d- don't worry. There will be plenty Aquafina stuff coming up. You will see her in plenty of things. And, and She's I, in everything. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll probably see her in another musical at some point. But uh, it's never a bad thing to see Kevin Chamberlain in anything. No, that's very exciting. Yeah, I'd seen the news and was like, that's great news. And then just didn't bother to look any further and didn't realize it was a replacement role. So that's exciting. I love Chamberlain. Yeah, absolutely. All right, going from the land down under up to the country across the pond. Last week, it was reported that our old friend Alexandra Silber will be leading the upcoming UK premiere of Indecent at the Menier Chocolate Factory. She'll be joined. I know, isn't that good? She will be joined by Peter Polycarpu, Beverly Klein, Molly Osborne, Finbar Lynch, and Joseph Timms. Additional casting will be announced later. Rebecca Tashman will return to the show 
that won her a Tony Award to direct the production, which is set to begin performances on March 13th. Congrats to Al. She was my very first guest on Tell Me More. James and I interviewed her before that. Uh, I don't know when she leaves. It's probably pretty soon. I might try to get her on Tell Me More again to talk about this before she heads to London or maybe after she's over there. But Fingers crossed. Yeah, we love love Al Silbs. So uh, congratulations to her. And finally in this section, Ashley, at Broadway Con over the weekend, Alex Brightman gave the hordes of assembled Beetlejuice fans some hope that their beloved show might not be heading to the netherworld on June 6th after all, when it is forced to vacate the Broadway theater. He said, and I quote, There is absolutely no reason to give up hope. Until we know anything further, it is not the end of Beetlejuice on June 6th. Now, there have been rumors that the show's producers are looking for a new home for the production, including perhaps a deal with another producer who is being blamed for closing the show in the first place. Mm. I would still say that because of the costs required to move a show and delays that would have to result in a move because every show is pretty much accounted for, it's not super likely but I have heard that there is still some hope for the show to find another home oh, if another show moves after another show closes. So it would be a lot fun, of rearranging deck chairs. Yeah, yeah, right. So Musical it would have to Broadway be, chairs. Exactly. But there is efforts underway, and this is not just bright monster blowing smoke. I was going to say, I didn't want to be, like, the bearer of bad news and be like, he's probably just saying it to, like, give people some hope. But Broadway, you're not going to, like, rain all over people's parade <laughs> Broadway con. Right. It's going to be super tough. But he, there, there is there is discussions underway yeah, they're to definitely try to make look, work. They're definitely looking. I know a lot of people are, like, holding out hope for the Marquee Theater, which is probably a good thing it's not going to the Marquee. Yeah, because... It's definitely not now that we know the Britney Spears show is going there. Um, right. And there there really are no houses open right now. So as I said, it would right. have to go into a have theater to move around. Yeah. That from what I've heard, a theater that has an open ended show, that that show would have to move to a show where a limited run is getting ready to close over the summer as well. So mm. not likely, but still a possibility. Everyone start crossing off things on your spreadsheets and yeah. figure oh, yeah. that out. And and I gave you another hint as to what the show might be earlier. So uh, see if you can figure that one out. Oh, geez. All right. So, uh, Ashley, let's get into this week's theatrical schedule. Not a ton going on, but some interesting things. Today, Monday, January 27th, the first performances begin over in London at the Old Vic Theater for what has to be one of the hottest tickets in in town. And this is um, uh, Samuel Beckett's Endgame, starring Alan Cumming and Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, This Yeah, I know. It's it's a show directed by Richard Jones, also features Jane Horrocks and Carl Johnson. And uh, it is actually a double bill with the very rarely produced short play by Beckett called Rough for Theater 2, right, um, which right. will feature other cast members uh, cast members from the show in this very limited, uh, you know, very short production. It is currently set to finish its run on Saturday, 28 March. So if you are over in the UK, you've got just about two months to see these icons on stage together. See it from me, too. I'm yeah, so seriously. jealous. Yeah. Then on Wednesday, January 29th, we have the first performances from the Broadway Center Stage production of Next to Normal out in Washington, D.C. at Kennedy Center. This show is going to be uh, one of those things that I feel like people are going to say, I saw it when. 
Um, this one stars Rachel Bay Jones. Don't be and rude. Brandon I'm Victor. jealous enough. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Rachel Bay Jones and Brandon Victor Dixon in a production directed by Michael Greif, who originally directed this show on Broadway. Also in the cast will be Maya Rafiko, uh, Kamari Rose, Ben Levi Jones, or Ben Levi Ross, and Michael Park. The show will be very limited just from January 29th through February 3rd. So if you are in the D.C. area... I would recommend seeing this. Um, it's uh, probably going like to be super, super idea. cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then on Thursday, off-Broadway, we have the first previews for the Atlantic Theater Company's uh, premiere of the play. It's the U.S. premiere of Anatomy of a Suicide by Alice Birch, directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz. This show features three generations of women. Their lives play out simultaneously. For each, the chaos of what has come before brings a painful legacy. The show is led by Carly Gugino, uh, one, a huge star Excellent. Of, yeah. of stage and screen, um, and a great cast, including Vince Napo, who was one of, if not my very first interview that I ever did for Broadway World. Um, so, so very cool there. The show is scheduled to run from February 1st through March 15th. This is on my list, Ashley. I, you tell yeah. me Carly Gugino yeah. is going to be in a show. Uh, and it has Gotta a really interesting it. concept. Like that's on the list. So we'll see if I can make it uh, to this one. There's only so many slots on my schedule, but yeah. um, this one's definitely a possibility. Then on Saturday, we have the opening night for the off-Broadway show Stew, which actually we yeah. talked about before. This is happening uh, at page 73. It is by Zora Howard and directed by Colette Robert. This has to do with a family who's uh, no pun intended, drama bubbles over around the kitchen um, as they are making one of the grandmother's iconic dishes. Um, should be very, very interesting. Uh, and I hope you get to see it, actually. Press I, you know... request is in. <laughs> nice. So, uh, it's, also, it's also opening on my birthday, but I will be at Hadestown. Oh. So. oh, is February 1st your birthday? February 1st is oh, my birthday. That's awesome. Happy like, birthday. Thank you in advance, yes. I'm yeah. like prime Aquarian. Yeah, I don't know what any of that stuff means. <laughs> I mean, I know I'll I'm a cancer. You later. <laughs> yeah, I'm a cancer, big C, not little C, hopefully. Um, but but we'll get to that. Uh, I mean, then the final show that I want to talk about this week, because there really isn't any closings of note, but the first performances of, of St. Anne's Warehouse's transferred production of Hamlet, starring Ruth Nega and directed by Yael Farber, uh, begins on, on Saturday night. February 1st through March 8th is the current runtime. Apparently, the entire thing is sold out. I've got press requests in it as well. I'm not feeling Do super not great doubt it. Yeah. about that. Um, this comes from the Gate Theater in Dublin. Uh, Ruth Nega is a is an Academy Award-nominated actress um, who is making her U.S. stage debut, but is a regular fixture in London theater uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very interested. It's, I hope I can get in to see this again. Not holding my breath, but I know um, I'm in the same boat. I like this is this was kind of a bigger one up on my list, but as soon as I saw this blackouts, <laughs> like sold out, sold out, sold out. Yeah, like, it's rough. There's, there's no way I tried. It's a rough one. It's a rough one. But anyway, let's move on to some other news. Ashley, last week the Hollywood Reporter reported that Channing Tatum will be leading the new movie musical Bob the Musical which is in development from Disney. Tatum will also produce. Bob the Musical tells the story of a regular guy who, after a blow to the head, suddenly can hear the inner songs of everyone's heart, as his reality is instantly turned into a musical, much to his dismay, which sounds incredibly like the plot 
to Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And I was just Stone. about to say, is that not yeah, <laughs> the, the same, same thing? thing? Because yeah. I, I've only seen the trailers for that show, and it's that's what thing. I got out of well, it. Well, Zoe didn't get a blow to the head. There was an earthquake sure. while she was in an MRI. So, oh, yeah. Uh, and Eli Stone, very he different. had um, a brain tumor. So oh, not very, the exact very, same. Very different, yeah. But pretty much the uh, but anyway, I will allow it. Channing Tatum had been rumored to be starring in a, uh, a film adaptation of Guys and Dolls. Um, so don't know if that's yeah. ever going to happen or not. But um, we know he's got the dancing ability to be in a musical from True. the Step Up days. Um, so Step we'll see up, what Magic actually happens. Mike, did oh, yeah, Magic Mike, did some men. What was that? Hail Caesar. Yeah. It's all yeah, over that, the place. Oh, that's right. That was a, a nice tap number. Very anything see? goes tap number. And that was a terrible movie. It but, was not uh, a good movie. It was not I a good a movie. Fan. <laughs> yeah, it was, but that was it was a good number. Uh, last week, we also learned that Oscar winner Bobby Moresco will direct the world premiere of William Francis Hoffman's new play Drift off Broadway, starring the one and only Emmy winner Joey Pants, Joe Pantaleone. The show, which is set in a blue-collar urban landscape in the 1950s, will run at New World stages from February 27th through May 24th. And finally in this section, Ashley, it was reported in the New York Times that the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, one of the largest regional theaters in the country, had hired Sarah Lazoff to be the intimacy director for all 11 of their shows in the 2020 season. Good. According to the Theater Communications Group, OSF is the first, quote, flagship theater in the country to hire a full-time salaried person for this position love it yeah and this is necessity yeah and and you think about it like okay they're doing 11 shows i would guess that not all 11 shows have some sort of sex scene in them but i what we're going to talk about here to close out the show ashley um, i saw a show on sunday and did not have a sex scene or anything but there was a moment when i was like okay you could probably have somebody do, do this like handle this to make sure that this was done properly um, sure, yeah, it's not yeah. a big moment. It's a small thing. Um, and it's funny. It's played for laughs, but you still probably want to have somebody available, especially because Oregon Shakespeare Festival is a festival and they, they don't, it's not like one thing than another. They're running multiple shows at a time. Uh, but having somebody in house to be like, Hey, can you come over here and just make sure we're doing this right? right. Um, yeah. I think this is awesome. And, and obviously, um, one of the reasons that very few theaters have done it is because a lot of times they think, well, we're not doing a show that has any sex scenes, so we don't need to worry about this. But it is, if you're going to be right, doing a exactly. lot of shows, it's probably good to have somebody on site who can handle things that aren't the overt sexual scenes by yeah. nature. Intimacy and sexuality are not hand in hand. It doesn't have to be sexual to totally. be intimate. And our friend and colleague Casey Mink said it best that every company and festival should have an intimacy director on staff at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely a big fan of them doing this. Um, and I I think because it, I I think it's a proactive way to communicate your values as well. Even if, you know, I think a lot of people are going to look at this and be like, oh, it's just a CYA thing. They're just covering their ass. But I think it's actually, yes, a lot of companies might do it. I mean, you should kind of be covering your ass. Yes, absolutely. If there's there's a potential that you need to cover your ass over something, then you should be doing that. Right. But it's not a re, I, I think it's great in a, in a not reactive way, but in a proactive way to say, this is what we value. And this is how we want to make sure that our actors and directors and everybody involved are comfortable and feel like they're taken care of. And if that's hiring somebody to do that, I think that has a lot of value. So congratulations to OS. Your actors should never be in a position where they feel like they're, you know, being, 
are you are you subtweeting a uh, a certain <laughs> yeah. blog post that I, I'm we're not, not going to discuss? I'm not saying I'm subtweeting, but I'm not not subtweeting about okay. a certain I mean, we're also not on show Twitter. with a sexual harasser slash abuser in their cast. Yeah, I mean, technically, you're not subtweeting because we're yeah, we're not talking, we're not tweeting. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, uh, your actors should never, in any sense, not feel like they're safe, whether it's overtly or inadvertently. Yeah. All right, Ashley, let's close out the show. Uh, over the last four days, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I saw three shows. I told you one of my uh, New Year's resolutions for, as far as theater was going to be to see more theater yeah. here in Florida. Nailing I started it off so far. So far, I've seen four shows this month. have another one on the 31st. I'm going to see a local production of Violet on Friday. Um, but... So far, I saw on Thursday night the national tour of Aladdin at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts here in Orlando. It was led by Orlando native Michael James Scott, playing the genie, who has played the genie literally everywhere, as he told me on so his true. episode yeah. of Tell Me More. Um, he was great. I would recommend that if you have not seen the stage version of Aladdin, listen to the cast album, at least for the genie songs, because they are so fast. I couldn't keep up very uh, fast and can become very winded <laughs> yes yes um but it was uh so much fun i had never seen the stage production before aladdin and jasmine um were both very good but i, I knew about babcock omar and kasim um because i i mean mm. this is my job i knew yeah. about them but i they were that was a great addition uh to the show i loved the actor playing iago reggie uh, de leon um, really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. And even though I know how they do the flying carpet trick, it is still an awesome trick. Um, so go for, even if it's just to see that bit of Disney magic, I would recommend it. If you are in the Florida or central Florida area, the best seats are available on, uh, January 29th, January 30th, January 31st. And then during that final week of performances, it's here for three weeks. Um, so they have, uh, the first week was pretty much sold out. They have some sold out shows mixed in there, but, uh, the middle of the second week, this coming week, and then next week definitely has tickets available for that. So check that out. Then on Saturday, I went over to the Bad Cow Theater here in Orlando, in downtown Orlando, and saw Jacqueline Backhouse's play Men in Boats. I can confirm that there are still no men or boats in this show. Um, it is an all-woman <laughs> cast. I really, really uh, liked it. I thought it was funny. Um, it was... Um, not what I expected, though. I knew that it was funny, um, and Rebecca Lane directed it. Um, as I told you before we started recording, Ashley, I felt like I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. But based off all of the phenomenal reviews and the extensions, and I think there might have even been a return engagement of this in New York when it originally premiered off-Broadway, I was expecting yeah, there to be so. a little bit more um, depth to it. I It was played for laughs throughout, and I didn't really get much beyond the laughs. Um, and I didn't feel like there was a clear vision for what this was supposed to be. Um, it was really well done. All the performances were fantastic, especially um, Cynthia Beckert as John Wesley Powell and Allison Peel as William Dunn. They were really, really great. And I enjoyed it tremendously. And I applaud Mad Cow for doing this type of show, which is not like something that a ton of people are going to have ever heard of before. But I wish there was a little bit more to the production because I just didn't get much out of it other than some giggles and then finally on sunday i drove out to vero beach and saw the 39 steps at the riverside theater the riverside theater is the largest not-for-profit theater in uh self-producing not-for-profit theater 
in Florida. The 39 Steps, I've seen it before. It was a phenomenally witty and clever production. The set design and the uh, attention to detail at Riverside are always great. The performances were wonderful. Um, I really, really enjoyed the performances. But again, I don't know if this is a Florida thing. And, and maybe my expectations are so high. But like it just felt much like Men on Boats. Like I was lacking something, Ashley. Like everything yeah. was great. It looked great. The set for the Thirty Nine Steps was amazing. It was great, um, and it, it was perfectly done. It was funny. It was intricate. Everything about it. I cannot fault anybody except for it. Just didn't inspire much in me, um, like it did the first time I saw it years ago. And that's not a knock on the production. It's not a knock on the actors because I thought they were all really good. It was just like. Okay. I mean, it was good. I, I liked it, but it wasn't something that I'm like raving about like I did the first time I saw the 39 Steps mm-hmm. years ago, where Your I thought it was one of. are shifting. Well, I don't even know if it's that. I just think like it's. There's. I always say that there's something. But I said it, especially when I, I was directing, that there needs to be a, a specificity in performances. And the difference between a good performance and a great performance is that undefinable specificity. Everything needs to be done with a specific purpose, and that has to come in every aspect of the performance. It has to, It's a sharpness. Um, and I just I feel like everything is done super well, but it's done super well in a glossy thing that has a yeah, reason but saying. not like an intrinsic reason sure um, and that's what i that's what i really fault uh or but what i find to be the problem in a lot of theater that i see here in florida from local companies not tours um where it just feel like they're doing a show it's like they're they're mickey and judy they're doing a show but it doesn't rise to the level of being something super special um and and i we've all seen shows like that even on broadway like things that are like hey that's really good those people are really talented it just didn't do it for me. But something, uh, yeah, something's not there yeah. that you want there. Yeah, and you and it's and you can't define what it is. It just and it has certainly to... it certainly varies person to person too. That's an important thing to note. That I mean, totally. you didn't feel that way, but someone else might feel the way. Right, and obviously, my expectations from theater are going to be different than people who are just going for you know who don't make their life in it. Um, but you know, all of these things I recommend. Um, but I was hoping for a little bit more, especially from the two local productions. But a good start as far as your resolution. Look at you. Yeah, I've got, I also saw Thoroughly Modern Millie, which I talked about. I'm seeing Violet this, this Friday, which I'm looking forward to. I've never seen Violet before. So, uh, totally looking forward there. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. So I will have links to all of those shows in the show notes if you want to check those out if you are in the Florida area. But that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. You can find both of us and all of the Broadway Radio family over at Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And don't forget to binge listen to all eight episodes of Welcome to the Rock from our friends at Curtain Call, looking into the history and the development of Come From Away, you will not regret it. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.